0: Focus. Hello there to you, Bruce Doctor with another Rule Focus podcast here on the Listener App. Hopefully your day going along nicely today. Well of course Christmas not too far away and well the harvest has begun for the cherries and very soon this morning we're going to check in with Cherry Grower around the Donnybrook area in Sam Lichardello and just find out and see how things are going and Will there be cherries on the Chrissy table for 2022? Looking forward to catching up with Sam very soon this morning. But, hey, time to kick off today's program with the CEO, yep, the big boss at the Agricultural Collective. Her name is Kate Bishop. Kate? Hello there to you. Thanks very much
1: for having me, Troy.
0: No, welcome to uh, to have you on. Now, uh, you and the team there at the Livestock Collective, uh, you, you've you launched a brand new supply chain video series. Uh, what's the series called?
1: Yeah, uh, I'm on here this morning to have a chat to you about this series, which mm. we, um, we've called Sharing Our Genetics. So previously, the Livestock Collective, we've talked about sheep live export supply chain and the cattle live export supply chain. But we've never talked about uh, the fact that we actually send breeding livestock across uh, on ships to various countries to help with um, their own herds, especially dairy, building dairy herds and filling dairies so that other countries can have fresh milk and dairy products.
0: Big numbers have been exported as well, haven't they, here, Kate?
1: Yeah, that's right. Lots of people would probably be very surprised to know that there's about over 100,000 cattle a year exported for breeding purposes, not just slaughter. So, yeah, and a lot of them are dairy heifers and Angus heifers as well, I should mention, for beef breeding herds.
0: Now, New Zealand at the moment, they've banned the export of breeder cattle. Could that happen here in Australia, Okay.
1: Yeah, so yeah. I'm really passionate about this, Trey. Yeah. and one of the reasons why I wanted to come on this morning is because I feel like Australian farmers don't realise, especially Australian dairy farmers, probably don't realise the impact of uh, that ban in New Zealand yeah. and the potential it might have for Australian dairy farmers. And, yeah, it's such an important... Part of uh, their industry, and it's uh, the source of income for them in good times and bad. And you know, it's such an important role that we fulfill as well worldwide, helping to feed um, countries less fortunate than ourselves. And for it to, do, to be banned as well, I think would have um, disastrous consequences on our Australian dairy industry. Surely they couldn't ban it here, surely, could they? Well, you never know. Yeah, yes. <laughs> We're yeah. really, you know, we've seen <laughs> this happen. Yeah, so, yeah,
0: what have you heard from uh, over in New Zealand, Uh, I'm sure that they're more than just disappointed at the moment.
1: Yes, I know that the New Zealand dairy farmers are very disappointed and hoping that they might be able to have some recourse Later, but I think uh, at the moment it'll be an interesting study to see the impact that it has on their local system. So you're going to have excess dairy heifers coming into the system that normally would have gone out to the live export trade, and they are not going to be worth anything because there's going to be a surplus of them at home. It could potentially be an animal welfare issue. Mm. So, yeah, it'll be very interesting.
0: Dairy Australia, they, they haven't seemed to be making any noise about this at the moment. They're, it's all a little hush hush i suppose yeah so so if
1: you do you won't have ever seen anything about this like we've put uh, these five videos the five-part series on our social media platforms at the moment and then we'll live permanently on our website but if you do some research you won't be able to find anything especially from dairy australia about this important um and quite well known through the industry about this practice but i don't Seem to want to talk about, and I think it's a good story. Absolutely, I mean the Australian public—you know—they they're aware that we send sheep and cattle for Mm. slaughter, Mm. and there are some um, concerns with this. But it's such a good story that we send young. Cattle or even young sheep over to help other countries improve their dairy herds, and these these stocks they have long lives over there, so it's a really good news story.
0: Absolutely, as you say, it's uh, not for slaughtering purposes; it's for more breeding purposes. So, uh, why aren't
1: they talking about it? I'm not sure. I think it's a great story. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, and that's yeah. why I'm here. Yeah, <laughs> that's absolutely. Why the livestock collective exists. We like to tell those stories.
0: What about uh, the the dairy heifer exports? Uh, Do you know how they're going from Australia at the moment?
1: Yeah, well, we're still sending um, quite a lot to China. And previous years, we've uh, sent all over the world. Uh, Yeah, we've played an important role in many different countries in establishing dairies um, in other countries. So, yeah, Australian cattle are... Uh, Australian dairy heifers especially are in high demand. We have really good quality milk and our cattle have some of the best genetics, hence why the term sharing our genetics because we don't want to just keep it for ourselves. We are happy to share and improve Access to food worldwide.
0: So, as we say, you've uh, launched the new supply chain videos. As you say, there, there's five. So, what will our uh, what will our listeners get out of watching the video series?
1: Yeah, I think you'll get a good understanding of the different protocols, mm. uh, where we export to. The impact that yeah the impact it has on dairy in Australia, the process that they go through, um, and you'll be able to see an insight into a Chinese dairy briefly, which is amazing. They have some amazing high technology dairies over there.
0: I was going to say the technology changes pretty much week to week, doesn't it these days? Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> which is always a good thing because uh, you know you've got to keep up with uh, the supply and demand.
1: Oh yeah, and I love technology in agriculture. It's yeah. really exciting. Yeah.
0: All right, so the series is called sharing our genetics so what is it on your instagram pages uh, your facebook all that all those social media pages
1: yeah yep. we've got they're all four we've got instagram facebook linkedin and twitter
0: All right. Now, quickly before you go, how are things there with uh, the Agricultural Collective?
1: Yeah, really good. We've just come off a really busy event season, Um, as Millie's probably been filling everyone in. Um, We've been to lots of different things and um, just got back from Live Exchange up in Darwin. And we've just done a busy workshop series as well this year. I think we still did six or seven workshops and uh, developed some more livestock leaders which we're super passionate about
0: hey lovely to chat with you today i know that you're busy because you're uh your two-year-old's just woken up there too so she's probably ready for a bit of brekkie hey kate bishop the ceo of the agricultural collective hey thank you for your time this morning and uh hopefully we can chat more to you in 2023
1: that would be great thanks joy
0: Rural Focus on Triple M. Do you uh, love your cherries? Well, will there be some cherries for Christmas? Hey, let's find out, shall we? The man in the know, Donnybrook Fruit Grower, Sam Lichardello, is with me. Sam, good morning, mate.
2: Morning, Troy. How are you? Not bad. Uh, Will there be some cherries for Christmas, mate? Oh, I'm sure there'll be plenty (laughs) of cherries for Christmas. Um, Supplies is increasing as the days go on, Mm. so I don't think it'd be an issue.
0: The colder weather, mate, it's played a big part. In in the harvest at the moment?
2: Yeah, look the the cold uh, weather we've experienced in late spring yep. to uh, early summer, even up to even a couple of weeks ago, has delayed um, the fruit from maturing. For me here on my property, is probably anywhere from seven to ten days behind last season. So what you're finding is that uh, it's sitting there, it's looking <laughs> like it's wanting to get ready, and, and it's just not happening. So the last few days we've had some pretty nice um, weather, and we've seen we've seen the actual uh, movement in the Fruit, and not only just maturing in colour and flavour, but even they're growing, they're sizing okay. up nicely and starting to finish off really nice. There's been some good quality fruit coming through.
0: So, what sort of varieties are you growing there, mate?
2: Uh, here on my place, that we're growing Ron seedling, we're growing um, Rainier, Lappins, Stella. So Don, there's so many varieties of cherries available and up, up until recently there's been some really nice new varieties coming through the system. And with that you get different maturity times so that increases your season for the consumer. So you've got fruit for a longer period, different varieties mature at different times, and also each variety sometimes has different characteristics, so to look at could be different, and flavour, texture, uh, firmness, all plays a part in different varieties. So more or less, there could be a bit of
0: a a last minute dash for people to get some uh, some cherries on the Christmas table.
2: I think, (laughs) (laughs) pardon me, (laughs) I think consumers, I I beg them to be patient with us, we're trying our best here as growers. Absolutely, yeah. As they're maturing, you know we're we're picking them at the optimum time. So we're picking them and cooling them and getting up up to the markets that night, mm-hmm. harvested that morning, markets that night on the shelves the following morning. So it's that quick for the consumer to get the fruit. We're hoping that there's going to be continual supply until Christmas. I think so, but it'll be a mad rush probably that Christmas. Week, week and a half, I can see it happening now. It's going to be all hands on deck, trying to pull them off in, in good condition. Have you got enough workers, mate? At this stage, I say yes, very quietly. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, things, things are looking reasonable. It's yeah. not like it was uh, before COVID, I'll be honest with you. Yeah. But it's, a, it's a, a lot better than what we've seen in the last few years. And looking forward to this season, hopefully there's some... Um, new backpackers coming through the system, or yep. also other people looking to help out on the land, we welcome it all.
0: Uh, will you be picking tonight, mate, and sending some curious to manage them up tomorrow for the Harmony Festival?
2: I think the boys down there have got that all Not under enough control. Yeah, righto. Yep, righto. Um, I believe they've they've just about started harvest. Well, they're harvesting at the moment, ready for the festival. So mm-hmm. whoever's going down for that, I'm sure you'll experience something wonderful down there with uh, fresh fruit. Yeah, so it's, it's meant to be a beautiful day for yeah, it.
0: Absolutely. Now, besides the cherries there, Sam, uh, what else are you growing
2: on the there, farm it, here? On the farm there, mate. Yeah. Look, we're growing uh, apples, pears, plums, nectarines, peaches, apricots. What you call is a fruit salad. I've got, I grow a bit of everything. <laughs> How are the, uh, the stone fruits going? It's just, it's the same sort of scenario across okay. the line. Yeah, so right. okay. yeah, everything's sort of delayed due to the weather. Uh, crops, crops are looking good. Fruit is looking nice, nice and clean. Yep. So it's just a very, very slow start and will be on our way. Hey,
0: mate, uh, thanks for taking the time out today. Good luck with the harvest, and as you say, just for the consumers out there, just be a little bit patient with the lead-up into Christmas.
2: Look, uh, Troy, if they're down in the area, this is a wonderful time of the year to go to to the farms with all the fresh stone fruit. Yep. Um, You find there's a lot of places where you can, either if you're not uh, buying it from the shop, if you're on the road travelling and and exploring the state, call into the farms and and experience something straight off the tree. It's uh, second to none.
0: Where's yours, mate, that they can find?
2: Mind. I'm on the main highway just north of Donnybrook. You can't miss it. Orchard Six. Go ahead and do that.
0: Sam Richardello, thanks for your time today, mate. Uh, good luck with the harvest and uh,
2: Merry Christmas to you, mate. To you too, Troy. Thank you very much.
0: And that is it for today's Rural Focus podcast. Hey, don't forget too about the Harvest Picture Competition. We're after your harvest picks. Know that it is going slowly. Harvest, not the picture competition. But uh, yes, so you might have a bit of time to... Take some pictures to those who have already sent their pictures in up at the website, triplem.com.au. And of course, we will announce the winner very soon. Get those harvest picks up, take a photo or three and head along to the website, triplem.com.au and post them up there. I've been Troy Stockton and I do look forward to bringing you another Rule Focus podcast again very soon.